Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 82nd episode of the Meatball Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And yeah, here we are. So Here we are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> episode 82, uh, we're still trying to get through some games from 2023, even though it is uh, about a month after Christmas right now. That's all right. So we got a couple more episodes to go. Um including this one is going to be a review. I think the next one's going to be a review, including some 2023 games. And then the next episode after that is probably going to be our uh, top tens of yeah. 2023. But um, yeah, let's talk about the stuff we want for this episode. And we're going to start with some new to the collection. We got a box of several games that came in from a single Kickstarter. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So excited about them too. Right? And these are, oh yeah, I love these games. So this is four games. We're going to talk about five games that we got new to the collection yeah. right now. But four of them came as one package. Um, and these are four trick-taking games that all came from All Play, a Kickstarter that we did not long ago. No. We backed that in, I don't know. Was it August? Maybe it was, the, like it was that? last year or sometime. Like yeah, but it was like not long ago. Not yeah. not too long ago. Like it's it's only been yeah three four months five months maybe since that this was done, and um, yeah. So this was four trick taking games all on one Kickstarter that we backed, and uh, we love the the small box games from yes. All Play, um, like Mountain Goats and and uh, that uh, Christmas Carol trick taking yeah. game. Are so the Ghosts great. of Christmas. Yeah, it's so, so great. So, so we good. figured that why not with these, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so the first one we'll talk about is Pies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one. So they're all they're all kind of different, obviously. They all have their, their thing to them. They're all trick-taking, but they all have like a spin on them. And this one uh, is designed by uh, Matthias Kramer and uh, art by Wendy Hollander. Yeah, and published by Allplay, as we said. This one, Pies, is a quick and tasty trick-taking game in which players play fruit cards over the course of three rounds with the goal of collecting combinations of ingredients to prepare the tastiest pie. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds cool. Uh, Each round consists of six tricks. One card is played by each player, with the persons playing the highest value card drafting one card from the trick into their display, with others following in order of descending card value with the last player also receiving a plum card. Special actions can be triggered at this point, allowing players to steal fruit cards or call the dog to protect their fruit from other thieves. <laughs> so, yeah, you're making we, pies. You're collecting like ingredients. If, if you called a dog, they wouldn't be protecting your treats. They'd, no, be, they'd be eating, eating the your pie. treats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this one, yeah, right? So this one's all about... Yeah, the the theme is collecting ingredients to make the best pie. Right. And you're collecting those ingredients through... Trick taking and and uh, I guess card drafting to a degree, um, yeah. So I don't know. F- silly theme. It's probably pretty fun. Yep. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? The next one we have is Lunar, and this one is designed by Masato Yusugi, art by Alicia Giroux, and published by All Play, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, this one is a two or four player game. So you're playing either like on a team or as a partner. And, or on your own. Oh, I didn't even mention on um, Pies. Pies is three to five players. Okay. And it was uh, about 30 minutes. Gotcha. Yeah, this one's about 30 minutes too. And um, it's, so it's a team-based kind of game, trick-taking. Um, 
So Lunar is a quick-playing, trick-taking game for two or four players in which players combine the phases of the moon and nocturnal animals to mm-hmm. form cards played into tricks, which are combined to determine their value within each trick. Each round consists of 12 tricks played, and at the end of each round, a score is awarded based on the number of tricks and cards acquired. So once uh, one player or team reaches 30 points, the game game ends, and the side with the most points wins. This one is just neat. The back. I uh, I think that one looks awesome. Yeah, it has like dice play in here too. Well, not really dice play. This one has more. It's got like a little rondelle this on is... it. And yeah, not, this one's not the dice. Not one. the dice there's, one. This one is a, a different one. Yeah. yeah, but this one you have. So you play either an animal, which is like a suit, or a moon, which is a rank. Right. Uh, one of those two cards, and and then your partner has to complete the trick. Right. So like you play one, and your partner has to complete it, and then you have to find balance with your partner to win the right tricks. Right. So you're, you're keeping track of the different kind of tricks you're winning and there's a neat little component in there. So yeah, I I'm like really... the idea that it's, um, you either play it one-on-one or in pairs. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. It's interesting how I, I love with these games when they come out with these, how they're all similar in the sense that they're trick taking, but they're all, they've all got something different, right? Yeah. Like they're all, a... they have to, you know, well, you can't do. just make a trick taking game for sure. So, I love that they put thought into these things and, and put spins on them. And I love the artwork for that one. That cover box, yes. I, I'd buy that immediately if I oh, saw yeah, that on a shelf. Absolutely. It's, so the background is black, and then they've got this kind of white, uh, gray-white owl with some uh, silver, like shiny yeah, silver coming like through. it's like shining in the moonlight sort And of then kind of like an aqua kind yeah. of mist or, you know, something kind of up behind it in the middle. So it's a very uh, sleek and yeah, classy-looking like box. Looks really good. Yeah. And that one, uh, yeah, play, yeah, it says 20 to 30 minutes, so that's cool. Yep. Okay, well, let's move on to the third one. Uh, so I've got that one sitting over by me. This one is called Mori. Uh, and this one is designed by Daniel Newman, uh, art by Beth Sobel, and published by Outplay, obviously. This one plays three to five players, and it's about 20 minutes. Um, I can definitely see Beth Sobel in oh, that art. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, Daniel Newman, um, he's been, he's had games through uh, all play as well. Uh, he's a, a great designer. Um, so Mori, this one, uh, Mori is the Latin word for death and the Japanese word for forest. But of uh, these interpretations are represented in this artwork of the card game. Mori is a quick playing trick-taking game that asks players to carefully manipulate their hand of cards by playing tricks and using dice to find their way to the best possible score. So this, this is, is the, the one, one the dice. that integrates dice rolling yeah. into a trick-taking game. So I'm cu- curious about that. I I don't think I've seen that before nope. in a game. Um, I, so, yeah. I think it's cool how they used Latin. So they've got like the same word, that means death and forest in two different languages. Yeah. And and I mean, I can see that with forest too, how that can also, it can kind of mean like almost a cycle, right? Because you have a lot of um, regeneration in a forest yeah. going through. So I can see, yeah. And I like I'm I like it. I like and that idea. Yeah, again, the artwork here for Maury um, is gorgeous. And yeah. again, it's a, something I would just pick up just because of the artwork. Yeah, it's got and a nice skull on the front. It's right, got a skull, one. and it's it's surrounded all by colorful all these flowers. flowers and things like you know that you'd find on the uh, bed of a forest. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I really like what they did with this one. Super curious about the idea of 
dice rolling combined with uh, the trick taking and see how yeah. that all works. So I guess we'll see. And this one says best at, um, oh, it doesn't say. So yeah. it's just a three to five. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Curious. All right. What's the last one? So we got, yeah, we have four in this one. We have four. So the last one we have is Bacon. Right. And bacon. Bacon. That one is designed by Sean Ross, art by William Harris. They say also known as Scribble Tunes. Right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I do recognize. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do recognize that. And um, this one is three to six players, about 40 minutes, and say about 10 plus-ish. See, on eight. BGG, I'm just looking at the, the site. It says that the playing time is 30 to 90. 30 to 90. Well, yeah. I'm curious about this little trick-taking game on how it could be an hour and a half. But Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I I might have a theory on that. Um, so... In Bacon, Bacon is a fixed partnerships climbing game for four or six players. So it's four or six of this one. You don't even play this at right. two player. Um, that is all about going out early as a team. The only team that will score is the team that goes out first. But their score will depend on when the rest of the team goes out. If your team does not go out first, your job is simple. Make the other team go out as late as possible. So... Like, I, very interesting okay that's yeah. a little brain burner yeah re- it's hard figuring to, that hard one to follow out. that one entirely but um but I they like uh it. yeah they also have an applewood variant for three to six players so this is a no partnership version of bacon no teams every man for themselves and uh oh i guess we'll be playing that version maybe right yeah, yeah. so i don't know i think it looks fun just how i'm curious to see how i i love trick-taking games where you have to potentially have to switch gears yes yeah that kind of thing right where you're not just looking for the same thing you'll find that someone throws you something that entirely throws your plan yeah upside down and then you have to pivot yeah so it sounds like that uh is kind of uh going to be a thing in this one yeah i think it looks fun i i mean it's bacon it says on the box it's delicious it's crispy it's bacon yeah (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool it's a good box art yeah just just goofy that one looking. is simple like that's a nice yeah. simple i mean how can you make bacon look fancy no right it's yeah, not meant the to right be direction they did to make it look hilarious. the cartoony kind of yeah so it kind of has that um food chain magnate kind of sort of yeah um vibe yeah cartoony sizzling bacon yeah color scheme yeah so that's four new trick-taking games that we have added to our collection. And we also had one more game we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. So this one's a funny one. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we were, I was at this point, looking at the uh, Boxing Day sales from Board Game Bliss. Yes. When that was going on during, I think they were on sale for a week or whatever. Yeah. And I went on there and... This was day one of it, though. This was on, like, yeah, when yeah. they came on. Yeah, I went and I looked, yeah, and we found, um, we generally, you know, uh, people, that, that website gets, like, flooded with people. Yeah, and, like, and they go like, fast. like, grab something and throw it in your basket, and by the time you actually check out, it's already sold to someone else. Yeah. So I didn't have, like, high hopes, really. I yeah. kind of just peruse, I suppose, through that. And I saw Merv on there and it was it was like $29. <laughs> and so Merv is a game I've been interested in for quite some time because of we were involved <laughs> in a uh, Friday night last, games. Yeah, last game standing yeah. uh saga yeah. on the Friday night games podcast which is a couple guys 
from uh, Windsor, Ontario, that, uh, yeah, had a podcast. They don't do it anymore. They're, they're still dabbling, I believe, but um, they, they did this uh, kind of competition between various other, uh, I don't know what we call ourselves, content creators, I yeah. suppose, podcasters, and uh, to kind of put a game up and defend it against other games. And we had to kind of like argue our point yeah. across to, and then uh, people would vote in to say whether or not our argument was better than the other people. So we were, what well, we were, we were arguing Eclipse, Eclipse and yeah. then, um, it was, it was, um, Ryan. For, uh, for Norv. Yeah. yeah. It was Norman Ryan. Norman Ryan. Merv. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, that's yeah. where I first heard yeah. about Merv. And they were arguing. Or really heard about it. Yeah. In favor of Merv. And I was like, I've never even heard of this game. I don't <laughs> even know what they're talking about. But as we went through that little competition there, we heard a lot about Merv. And I was like, oh man, this, that does sound great. And I just kind of had my eye open for it over the last little while. Their sell of it was pretty funny. It was. Yeah. I like. It made me laugh listening to them talk yeah. about it. it. Makes me want to go back and look. Yeah, me to too. Yeah. <laughs> but so I saw it on there. I was like, $30. It was regularly like oh, 80 yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, perfect. I just threw it in my basket. Uh, I think we grabbed a play mat for something else and I just clicked ship checkout done we're out here yeah and then as i looked at my um like shipping receipt, receipt thing <laughs> in my email it's like thank you for purchasing this playmat and i game. hear what <laughs> <laughs> yeah he said did i Ah, oh, i think i just bought that in french <laughs> yeah bought the french version <laughs> of the game so i went back onto the website to look i'm like i wonder if all of them were 30 dollars or just the french version yeah. and it was just the french right. version that was 30 dollars. so they don't do um refunds refunds and... or send backs on sale items so i'm like well here we go oh, and i didn't know we're learning know, french yeah and i hadn't looked into merv that much i didn't know component wise yeah how much this was going to affect it when the when it came in and i looked at it i was like oh we might have we might have lucked out because yeah. it doesn't look like there is any text on the cards. That's it right. It looks like it's it it's looks like it's components, and, and then like all we would look for or need is the rule book. Yeah, and so luckily, uh, Kurt down the street from us yeah. has Merv <laughs> in English, so we can get the uh, <sighs> the English rule book, and yeah, and it'll be completely playable. Uh, if I just make some photocopies of that, I have said in the past when we've gotten rule books. Uh, Robbie wants to throw out like the other languages. I'm like, why? I'm like, we can maybe this is how maybe this is how we finally learn like how to speak French <laughs> yeah, properly. Right. Yeah. He's like, no, you're never gonna do that. I'm like, maybe the kids can learn how <laughs> to how chance. to speak French <laughs> or the other languages in there. And he's like, no, Anne they're getting recycled. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And they're gone. <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah. Luckily, Merv is a great game to screw that up on so yep. yeah of all games French version did that you, not matter of all games we could have messed that up on that was, that was probably one. the best yeah. one <laughs> so so we got to still like whatever 30 bucks awesome yeah, 30 deal bucks for the for game Merv. and um we'll borrow the rule book we'll borrow the rule book and i'll uh, <laughs> make some photocopies and we'll be all good yep so that is our new to the collection segment we have a review to do so we're gonna head on over there right now Uh, 
Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review. review. And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? Today we are reviewing Voidfall, designed by Nigel Buckle and David Turksey, art by Ian O'Toole, and published by Mind Clash Games. Yes, Voidfall. This is one, this is a Kickstarter that we backed uh, quite some time ago, mm-hmm. over a year ago or something like yep. that. And it is one I was super excited to uh, get because I love big space opera style games with ships and and uh, planets and you know moving from hex to hex yep. and going through space and battling and whatever I love all that stuff. Yes. So this one was right up our alley. I knew that this one. I knew going into this one that this one was um, more on the less so the big space opera e like eclipse and ti but more along the lines of a uh euro. euro yeah like it was going that other direction getting away from the big big gaudiness yeah and going towards more like a uh, resource management and you know various euro type things <laughs> so um very technical yeah like well yeah it's just like <laughs> i know what you mean yeah yeah um Resource management and and what you're going to lay down and when you're going to lay it down and and that type of thing, making things really matter. So this one is, yeah, this one is a beast of a game. The box is enormous. When it came, I did not realize how many components were going to be in this thing. It is an absolute animal um, of a game. So luckily... Uh, we had, um, Scott. our friend Scott had played it Thank and you. he played it twice before, uh, he came here, including the night before yeah. he came here to, to teach us how to play this. So Scott, yes, he came over and, um, that the day before he came, I had kind of opened up the box and I was kind of going through things. I was like, okay, this doesn't look too, too bad. And then, but I'd yeah. only gone like. I'd only kind of skimmed the, really the top of the game. And then, and then the day that like he was coming over, I got home from work and I was like, okay, I'll start really getting into setting this up and stuff. And it was just like, whoa. And there then was there's stuff. another layer. Yeah. And, and another, another layer. layer. And another, another layer. layer. <laughs> another layer. Like, oh my goodness. And I was punching things and whatever. Not like punching things, but punching yeah. out cardboard. <laughs> punching out pieces yes. of the game. <clears throat> and so, yeah, Scott came and he helped uh, unbury me from... Yeah, the uh, the um, mega amount of stuff that was uh, going on here, and he helped me set it up, and, and then uh, he taught us how to play, and we yeah. played through a, a full game of the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive. Competitive version, because this game has a three versions. It's three got versions. competitive, solo, competitive, yep. and cooperative. Cooperative, which is just slightly different than solo, but um, we played through the uh, competitive. And we're going to try and explain how that game worked. Okay? Yeah. So. Want me to start with kind of what is happening oh, in the right. game? Oh, right. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the, the, uh, theme. the theme here. Yeah. All right. For centuries, the Novarks, descendants of the royal house of Novarkon, have ruled with an iron fist over the feudalistic galactic empire of humankind, the Dominium. During this time, they brought stunning technological innovation and scientific advancements to their domain. This accelerated progression helped the Dominium reach, and eventually inhabit, even the farthest segments of the known galaxy, where new houses emerged to govern the outer, outer sectors of the Empire. As the House of Novarkon grew in power, so grew the religious cult that surrounded them, mm-hmm. proclaiming grim prophecies about an ancient cosmic being from another dimension, 
the Voidborn. Many thought it to be only a myth, but in truth, it was the Voidborn's dark influence that granted the Novarks the sheer knowledge to achieve rapid expansion for the Empire. While the cult of the Novarks envisaged internal life through the otherworldly entity, the Voidborn's only intention was satiating its eternal hunger. And so, when the Dominium had achieved a vastness fitting the Voidborn's craving, interdimensional rifts opened at the heart of the Dominium to unleash cosmic corruption. As the House of Novarkhan and its followers welcomed the Voidborn and sought their false salvation, the entity infected and spread and seized control over the inner worlds. Now it is time for the remaining great houses to purge the galactic corruption, prevent the Voidborn from fully manifesting in our dimension, and to ultimately overcome the chaos as the new rulers of the Dominium. Well, there you go. That was a mouthful. <laughs> that was. Um, that kind of sets the tone. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> so you've got this big, bad group of, oh, I don't even know what you call them. These The, the, the Voidborn? The Voidborn, but what are they? They're kind of like God, They're like the alien, most ancient, ancient yeah. awful uh, species um, that are- That have an insatiable hunger. Yeah, nearly unkillable sort of thing. And they're coming through these kind of portals and, and you got to deal with them. And, um, okay, so I'm going to try and explain. This game is, I'm just going to let you know right now, this game is a monster. So This is going to be a high-level ex- yeah. explanation because yeah. there's there is too a, much going on. There's to... a billion things going, like, like not things going on, but, like, icons and different decks of cards and stuff in this game. So I'm going to give you the best layman's version of this I can do um, as we go here. So they have a main board and that main board is made up of hexes. Yes. And these hexes are put together depending on what you, what game you're going to play. What scenario you're setting up. Yeah. What type of game you're going to play? Cooperative or competitive? competitive. And what scenario? There's a whole whack of scenarios. So you can go through this and you can play this game kind of in a gigantic story, like a, like, um, like a a campaign campaign if you'd like to. Or you can just pick a random scenario and just go for it. But it kind of gives you at the top of each scenario page, gives you some flavor, a paragraph on what's going on during this uh, this scenario mm-hmm. and what you're up against and what uh, different factions you can use in that game and so forth. So, And there's a lot of factions. 14, I believe. 14 asymmetrical lots, factions yeah. in this game, I believe. So you're going to pick a... Pick a uh, a scenario and it's going to dictate you what factions you're going to use um but the particularly it's going to dictate exactly what uh pieces you need to build up the board the main board so you're going to piece it all together with all these different hexes with the, and all these different hexes have a whole array of different things on them and you're going to piece it together however they tell you to do it generally speaking there's going to be a home hex for each player involved and then there's going to be a bunch of them with various things going on there's going to be void board seated out onto the board you're going to have your own little home world and you're going to put some things on there and there's also going to be your own player board Mm -hmm. which is where you're going to take your um faction sheet and you're going to slide it into this it's a very cool Mm -hmm. board it is very nice yeah you're going to slide your faction sheet into this board and it's going to kind of give you all the things that you're working with your uh, as your your faction for this game you are also going to have your own deck of cards um and they're all just uh color um oriented so you have the purple deck if you're going to be the purple 
uh, team or whatever. And they're um, basically, they make up your actions. Yeah. Like they're different your, things they're you're going to the, do. They're the meat of the game. Yes. These cards. And we'll come back to what, how you, how you do those cards. But um, they are the, the bulk of the game is choosing cards to play on your turn. But then they'll also have a little um, score roller thing. So there's lots of components you have to put together mm-hmm. in this, um, including your score thing where you're keeping track of your score. It's this little rolly wheel thing, kind of like you would, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, with, with a little uh, round, like round L wheel. Oh, yeah. Spin, it's just, yeah. And it keeps track of your points through the game. Um, and then there's a resource, a, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, big resource <laughs> contraption that keeps track of, again, with eight wheels or 10 wheels on it. Yeah. That keep track of all your resources and then your different output for those resources. And then there is the, what's it called? The universe board or something like that? There's board? like seven different there's boards. There's another board, so, which yeah. is kind of your home base for like how the turn is going to be done. And on that board, you're going to have... Um, a certain set of cards, again, dictated from uh, the manual as to how many cards you need. And those those cards are going to determine uh, the turns and how many actions you get per round. Or yes. I, I should say how many turns you get per round. Yeah. There's always three rounds. And you're going to have three different cards telling you what to, to happen yeah, on in that, that, round. that current yeah. round. And that card is going to dictate maybe three, four, or five turns, or six turns maybe, I can't remember, that you're going to get for that round. I think it's four, five, or six that you're going to get. Um, and it's also going to tell you like some objectives that you have for this particular round. Um, and it kind of guides you through how the round works. There's kind of like an A section, a B section, and a C section. And you can kind of like work your way through there um, following all these different icons to kind of guide you through the steps of a round. And there's also another tray that's full <laughs> of, um, like these objective cards. I forget exactly what they're, they're called. They're also like the meat of the game. They so are. like you've so got your, your, your points. Yeah. Those are your points. So the, like the cards are the meat of how you meat and potatoes have how you play, mm-hmm. but the, these, um, they're like all game and scoring. Yes. And, or There's whole phase end scoring, I guess. That and yes. the three or cycles. Yeah, cycles. Cycle or cycles. Because you have three cycles yes. per game. So at the end of each cycle, you can score mm-hmm. these if you have them, and so they're going to give you potentially lots of points as you can build them up. Yeah. Throughout the game. And those are like we said, those those objective cards, whatever they're called, I forget. Yeah. But because everything's named something in this yes. game, that's not what you would call it. So <laughs> these, whatever. So they're these objective cards. You're going to start the game with one of those. It's going to kind of guide you in a direction, but then you're going to want to collect these cards through the game, adding them to your yes. to your board um, and trying to complete those because that is where the bulk of the points come from. Huge points. Um, and yeah, those score at the end of uh, uh, the game. I forget. Those score at the end of each cycle. So Those ones too? Yeah, those oh, ones score right, at the do. end of each cycle so yeah. that you can you get yeah, one yeah, at, yeah. at cycle one and you can score at cycle one. Then if you get more, if you, you can again, score. That's right. You score again yeah, 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 in yeah. cycle two and three. Yeah. yeah. So you want to, they also, they can build on each other. Mm-hmm. So you want to try to, if you can, you want to try to get ones that will double up. So you're, things you're already working on yeah. so that you can just ex, like totally exponentially totally. grow your points. Right. And then you're Maybe also. Maybe not exponentially, but. 
greatly grow your points. Along with your faction big sheet thing that you've slid into your uh, your player <laughs> board, you're going to have like a little a little um tray with some other things about your your faction, uh, some extra cards, including um different uh technologies that 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 your faction will bring to the game and uh, and also some other factions that are going to be not played by you that are going to be kind of put into the galaxy right um and then their technologies are going to be added to the tray of technologies and you're, you're going to be able to use these and get them through the game and there are generally like for you you have three different um levels of your technology right so you have a base one and then a base one gets put on the board and then you also have um one that you, like an upgraded version of it right with your technologies yeah, and, and some of the technology gets put in a certain spot where it's only available after a certain right. cycle yeah and things like this. And you're going to have to read about that and you're going to yeah. have to figure that out on your own because it's, yeah, you have to, it's hard for me to describe sure. where you yeah. put these things, but those will, some of the, yeah, some of the technologies will go into the, into the tray. Some of them will sit in a little spot on that universe board yeah. ready to be unlocked as you, as you work through the game. Um, there's also a little, uh, other sideboard where it kind of tells you how the battling works in this game. So if you ever come across another, another player or the Voidborn themselves, you're going to end up uh, getting into little fights. And that little board kind of tells you, well, if you're in this kind of scenario, do this. If you're in that kind of scenario, do that. And I think that's the bulk of the setup. Yeah. Um, so how does it work? It, it works in the way that we talked about those cards. So between the cards and the main board, you're going to be having to analyze and look at a lot of things. Um, you have how many cards? Nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards. And they all have a different name on them, like innovation, conquest, politics, progress, yeah. so forth. And on these cards are three actions you can do. So on your turn, you're going to be playing one of these cards. Yes. And you're going to be picking two of, of the three, the three actions. actions to do. Yeah. And depending on what card you play dictates what you can do. So, and they're, they're very thematic that way. So if you were to play the reinforcement card, it's going to be about gaining ships out onto the board. And what I should say about ships is that the ships are, in our version, we have minis, right? Yeah. There's other versions that are cardboard or whatever, but they're kind of represented by little cubes. And you're going to be adding cubes to the bases of the ship. So you can have one ship out on the board and you could have up to three But it like ships. represents your fleet. Yeah, it's a fleet of that type of ship. Yeah. And you will be able to have uh, three cubes underneath it representing three ships of that type. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you're going to do is is play, play a card and choose two actions. Those actions will differ wildly in this game, broadly, having to do with, bring yeah, like I said, putting units out onto the board, moving your ships from one hex to another, mm -hmm. um, getting resources, moving up on the different tracks that you find on your player board. Yeah, you have three different tracks. You have like a, a politics track, a production track, and a prosperity track. And as you move your like markers up on, on those tracks, they unlock little bonuses that you get, mm -hmm. like instant kind of bonuses. They can also unlock when you get to put, uh, when you can add more technology cards to your yep. board. So you can, where you can, you know, gain more than you're just your starter one. Yeah. Um, 
So you're kind of working with your um, faction, seeing kind of what works for you. And then because they're all going to be different and then playing the cards that go to your strength, but still making sure that you can, you know, you have to move around on the board and add, you know, um, are those like what are the barriers like onto the board? Not barriers, but like um, defense, like yeah, you, a defense yeah, marker. Yeah, I was just going to mention there are there's a whole bunch of um, different pieces that you can actually put out onto the board, and that they're going to sit in the hexes, and they do various things. There's some triangles that you can put out there, and they do a couple different things. Um, and depending on what card you play, you could put out one that puts out these pink triangles, and they allow to add defense to the hex. That little that little planetary system mm-hmm. um, for every one of these that you find on that hex. You could also have the green side of them, which is kind of a place where you can build your ships from. Yeah. So you can start to branch out further and, and have units start getting spawning further from out, there, spawning yeah. further like out a, into the galaxy. Yeah. Um, then there's also these other like gear shaped uh tokens and they go into certain spots as well these ones provide you your like different your resources yeah so these yeah. these ones say like are kind of saying what kind of resources you can produce in that solar system or whatever and when and, you produce them it's actually neat because you have you have a, a population die on the on the board yeah, on, on each, each hex not every hex has them but but some do right they tell you how much yeah the population of the people in that I guess, planet area. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you trigger your cog, you see, okay, well, then you can increase that production type of the cog you played down by, let's say, your the pips on the die is four. So you would take the left side of your board, roll it up four. Yeah. Um, the board she's talking about is the resource there's board. There's like a resource wheelie thing that you put together at the beginning. That thing I mentioned earlier that has 10 dials on yes. it. And you're going to be you're going to be increasing those dials. Two dials per color. Yeah. So let's say let's say it was the but food the, cog. The, one, the left side yeah. is telling you how many you can produce. Yes. And the right side is telling you how many you have of that certain resource. And yes. there's, can I see the thing there? There's um, food, yeah. power, money, uh, science and whatever pink is yeah i can't remember pink (laughs) yeah so uh but you have these five different resources and yeah like you were saying um as you put these gear tokens out onto the board you're gonna be multiplying yeah the population allows you to move the left side up Mm -hmm. and as you move the left side up that triggers how much you get from yep. it and then when you actually get to trigger then you, when you get to trigger your card, production for something else mm-hmm. you get the middle amount mm-hmm. and you get to move up your right dial adding yes. how much that middle amount is it's so you're constantly spinning these yeah. dials and they're constantly changing how many you can produce and how many you have and and yada yada um so there's yeah resource management is an enormous part of this game yeah and you do increase that by by and choosing which of these uh, gear Cogs, yeah. things you want to put out there into these uh, onto these uh, hexes because the hexes can only hold three each so you have to be smart about which one you're putting down and where you're putting it and when you're putting it 
And but that's only yeah one card is allowing you to place those out there, and another one is allowing you to, or I should say, one action is allowing you to place those out there, and another action is allowing yeah. you to uh, fire those up and gain those resources. And I might be getting the technology wrong or the terminology wrong in here, but oh, the terminology is crazy. So, in this, so don't if, worry about it. Let's say on on each hex there is a there are spaces for like three cogs and three of those triangles we were talking yep. about earlier mm-hmm. um generally speaking and then you've got uh two of the triangles and two of the cogs are just plain normal you put them in yep. but one triangle and one cog they're like outlined in red and so if you end up filling it up so that you hit the red ones those mm-hmm. are going to trigger uh at the end of each cycle it's kind of like how you would say you have to feed your population yeah and so but i you, think that's technically what you're doing and yeah. so you have to at the end of each cycle for however many of those you have and and they're in other places too not just on the on the board you have to tick down your food your food dial so you have to make yes. sure you have enough food yep. to feed your population and because if you don't yeah then you have to spend other resources and twice as many yes. i believe uh, so, to make up for that. So then it's kind of like, oh, do I fill up these the gears? Do I fill up the triangles, even though they'll help me with my defense? But mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I have enough food because I've produced enough and yeah. I don't care if I have those. But. Yeah. So those are the those two major kind of components that you're going to be adding to the hexes. And they are limited as to how many you can put wherever and what. And you have to make some hard choices on which ones you actually want to use. But then there's, you know, you're moving from hex to uh, hex to hex as well and you are going to be ending up fighting against possibly the the players Mm -hmm. but definitely the void born and as you do that it's it's a really simplified fighting mechanic in this as you move in it's it's really just i hit you you hit me i hit you you hit me and then you just go to see who who's the last man standing like who has the most Mm -hmm. but there's a whole whack of different ships that you can produce and they all kind of do various different things yep um, and they also combine with the different technologies that you've gained along the way. And, uh, yeah, the, the fighting can be like a little like, okay, who's got the initiative? Who's got this? Who's got that? How much defense is on that uh, particular tile? What difficulty what level are you playing? Are using? Yeah, what difficulty level are you <laughs> playing? And so forth. But the actual fighting itself is just kind of bang, 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 bang to yeah. see who's who's left. Yeah. And then once you do have that, then you own that tile. And now you can start uh, doing things on that tile as well. And something neat on the tiles um, is they have the, a lot of the dive um, on the Voidborns hexes to start. They come in this, they're held with this corruption. The corruption yeah. marker. It's like, it looks like an orange kind of claw almost. Mm-hmm. And the die just sits in inside of it. And oftentimes the, um, the scoring, the cycle scoring cards that you're going to get or, or different things that might work on your board are going to say like, oh, if you have zero corruption on the game board, um, you can score this many points. Or if you have zero corruption on your player board, you can score this many points. Yep. So then you have to play other cards to get rid of those corruptions mm-hmm. on there. So it it's definitely a balance of what your character is doing and what cards you have. And yep. if you, you know, care about the corruption and, yep. and all of that. <laughs> 
And there's a few other tokens that are going to be making their way out onto the board. Um, and they're kind of just like bonus things you might pick up. So if you end up on this tile, you'd grab this token, you'd flip it upside down, and you'd kind of get whatever bonus that is. Very similar to what you might find in Eclipse when you take down mm -hmm. uh, some of the big, big baddies. And then they've got glory tokens. Yeah, and the glory tokens, the way those work, they're kind like of the like only this... name of a token or a piece of this game that I remember yeah. what it's called. Uh, they're like these half moon shaped tiles that you're going to be collecting as well. And those things are pretty cool because they uh they give you points every time you end up fighting correct is that what it is is that when they come into play i forget when they come into play but they they add on to each other so the more of those you collect you oh, can oh yeah you just get to collect them you yeah collect them. when you win them you take it off the hex and you get to keep it and then you get to add them and then you only get to have up to four of them yeah and right and you keep replacing the lower yeah so lower number every time you get higher ones you get to get rid of a. You have to get rid of right. a lower you, one. Oh, it's not every time you fight. It's generally you're getting them by wiping the Voidborn off yeah. of a hex, and then you've collected that token, yeah. and now you fire up a bunch of points. And other ways you can get them too, and other yeah, parts of the other games. Ways. Yeah. Oh, there's many other things you can do. Um, and that's kind of the general idea. You can fight each other. Um, but you do kind of start at very, like very, very opposite ends of this. And there's a whole bunch of stuff generally in between you. So, you, but if you do end up fighting each other, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you're just going to have to, if you get wiped out of the board, you're going to be kind of, uh, or not wiped out of the board. But yeah. If you're eliminated from a tile, hex, you just yeah. had to have to, uh, spawn, uh, yeah. use, use the proper cards and, and gain some more ships back out onto the board. Yeah. And you're going to do this. We said earlier there's three cycles to this, so it's kind of three rounds to the game, and each round has a card that tells you the different objectives for the round, how many turns you're going to get this round, yeah. so that tells you how many cards you're even able to play. So one round you might be able to play four cards, the next round you might be able to play five or six cards, and that's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, but then the third round, say, you might go back down to four, and you're like, oh man, like, yeah. I only have four options, right, or you know, four things I can do. Yeah. And that's, yeah, pretty crazy. And once you've gone through the three cycles and you've all completed all the, the, the turns that you're going to do, the game ends. And then there's a whack of end game scoring um, yeah. to do with the, there was objective cards that you would have collected along the way, mm -hmm. um, to put it mildly. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to get a whole whack of points because I think some of our scores were in the hundreds and whatevers. Like, I forget what the score was. Hundred and He had 180 yeah, I think I, something points. You had 160 something points and I had 130 or yeah. something in that game. So like huge points come from this game. And it's literally, it's just kind of like this big war and thing that was, going on. And that was only in our first game to get like those yeah. 100 points. So like the yeah. points come. Oh, the, the points come. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they come fast and furious sometimes. And, uh, yeah, it's the highest points wins. So this is, that was a very dumbed down explanation <laughs> of how this game works because there's quite a bit going on in this one. Um, so we also tried out solo players. So I'm not going to describe the co-op. Oh, uh, sorry. Not yeah. solo. So, uh, co-op, which is mildly different than the solo yeah. version but it's kind of the same idea but they add in a, there's even more sideboards and more decks of yeah. cards and more things for you to flip over and keep track of and it's got a different like the the story <coughs> story wise it's a little bit different so when you're in the competitive side you're um you know the void born is kind of taken over and you're just competing to be 
the greatest of the, the greatest of the houses uh, defenders that are right? there yeah. or the, like you want to take over. Um, and then in the, in the cooperative game, you've actually, you're like shutting out the void born. You've like, you've, you've, you've you're closed to, them off yeah. and then you're just trying to, it's kind of like win or die scenario sort of. Yeah. And just trying to kind of distance yourself from the dominium and mm-hmm. yeah, just create your but own thing. But that one is, it, there is a whole different set of rules and things that go on for that one. It is similar for, to be yes. sure it is similar, but there is differences. And if you're interested in that, you're going to have to read about it because yeah. it's, it's a whole other thing going on. Yes. Here. It is similar, but even more set up, yeah. more decks, more things to keep track of. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, that is the best I can do to describe Voidborn. Um, so let's revisit the theme. Uh, does the theme lend well? To this I game? think the theme is fantastic on this game. Yep. Theme's I think great. They have nailed the theme. Like it, it, it oozes theme. I think it's super. It's yeah. You feel like you're out there. Yeah. You, you feel like these, these, this race of awful yeah. ancient baddies is a real problem mm-hmm. um and they're they're spreading around and you're trying to do your objectives and yeah. and and but deal with them at the same time and then keep an eye on the other houses uh that are flying around and kind of getting a little too close here and there right yep um yeah theme was great it just yeah. it's a space game and yeah. it feels like you're doing so, space cool battles theme. right so <laughs> yeah very good and uh, the lore, like they did lots of writing. Oh, there is a ton. Lots like, and lots there, and lots of writing. There is a lot. You get a big description yeah. of each faction. You get a big description of story of what's yeah. going on. It and... could make a cool novel or for a sure. set of comic books or something for sure. That, yeah, you know, movie, whatever. Tons yeah. that you could make with this. Lots of good lore. Really great theme. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the artwork. I really like the artwork it's in here. So good. The, it's you know tool, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe so. And the the um, color scheme on there, uh, I remember thinking it just it reminds me of it's got like that nineteen seventies feel, similar to Cosmic Frog, kind of yeah, those muted. Very... It's like muted bright colors. If that you know, I think I've used that There's term before. There's lots of before. like blacks and then neons. Yeah, and... kind of they juxtapose really well mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's just, and then they've got, like, yeah, we have... Like, a, like I said, it was Eno Tool. I was yeah. pretty sure. Well, it looks, yeah, it looks yeah, like him. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to get it wrong. It's phenomenal. It's it's exactly what you would assume from Eno Tool yeah. and space and yeah pinks and purples and aqua blues oranges, and blacks. Yellow, yeah. Oranges. So great. Yeah. Art um, is, is fantastic. Yeah, spot on. All the artwork on the yeah. player sheets, the cards. And it's the... consistent. And oh, I yeah. really like that because sometimes you get art where... The board looks one way, the cover looks one way, yep. and then the your player boards look a different way, and the cards are a different way. But this is very consistent mm-hmm. throughout it all. Like the your faction cards have the same um, color scheme vibe, kind of as the board. They're a little brighter, yep. but it's the same idea. And yeah, they I just I think they've kept it, done it very consistently. Oh, I think sure. the art is is yep. very good. Art's amazing. Uh, components are equally amazing. And we have the Holy upgraded moly. version, we I do. think. Yeah. So to be these, fair, these are stellar. They're so nice. Like so yeah. nice. The the hexes are dual layer. 
Yes. So you, the little the little tokens we're talking about, the little triangles and the little gears, they actually slot right slot into, into the, the board. tile yeah, itself. The tile. So they're not actually mm-hmm. sitting on the tile. They're in the tile. Mm-hmm. They're so nice. And the tiles are, are double-sided too for different yep. scenarios and yep. basic and, and advanced kind of thing. And, yep. Uh, there's yeah. trays galore for everything. There yep. is dual, your your, uh, your player board is dual layer where you slide in the character sheet. That's to a make super it. cool component. Oh, it's I, so nice. I was holding back when you were talking about it in the setup mm-hmm. because it's it's this, yeah, dual layer, thick dual layer board mm-hmm. and just a thin, thin player board that slide or player like paper, well, not paper, but it slides yeah, in. A little sheet that slides inside. And it just, it fits perfectly. It's It's got the nice different iconography, iconography for each yep. kind of um, faction and it, it's a very cool board. Yeah, it's it's an awesome awesome set of components. That resource yeah. management wheelie thing that we talked yeah. about, you had to put together. <laughs> it works really well. Yep. It's solid. Makes all sense. All the little wheels spin nicely. Uh, all the tokens are nice. Uh, they it's full of our version is full of minis. Yeah, the, the minis sit on these little stands, and there's all sorts of just great production. Yeah. The player cubes are like those. Um, colored, colorful That's see-through. Our main, our main coon howling yeah, in the background. If you can, if, hear, if, him. If you can hear him. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we've got uh, the colorful see-through cubes, but then the yeah. Voidborn have the solid, thick solid, orange ones. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, the components are awesome. The Voidborn ships too. Like, yeah. Like so there's like these um, Corvette uh, ships that are like our ships right yeah there's like a normal version of them that we can build but then the voidborn is the same ship but it's all got the orange corruption yes. growing out of it yeah and it's just like oh it's so cool that they have our same ships that they've had over yes in some of the dimension that they're bringing back and they're all corrupted and weird it's just awesome awesome yeah. awesome awesome components yeah so uh the rule book <laughs> okay so I, i'm gonna tie in the rule book and all of this now, we're going to start talking about the rule book and we're going to start talking about whether or not we recommend this game. So there's a, I'm of two very different thoughts on this game. Our play with Scott was awesome. Yes. He came over, he knew what he was doing, he led us through and we played an awesome fun game. It, it had a great flow to it. We understood what we needed to do. Um, he was able to explain uh, very simply how to do this. Like it's not a, it's not it's not a a, a typically difficult no. game to play but there's like a thousand icons yes and there's like four rule books and once you understand oh I just play a card and you understand what the icons on your card mean it's very simple yeah decision making is incredibly hard yeah. because you have to really like you can't have everything you need so you have to make the best choice not not um like the choice it's like well i need to do four things right now and i'm only going to be able to do one right and so you have to make the best choice you can yeah um the rule book though was a nightmare for me so i i i learned the majority of the games for us right Yep. like i learned them and i get them kind of set up while i'm home before you get off and blah 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 yeah um so this rule book was staggering staggering if i had not had Scott come over to help us learn this game, I don't know if I would have made it. Yeah. Because for two reasons. Yes. 
There is. <laughs> I want to interject, rule books, but I want to let you get it out. <laughs> the rule books are there's there's so many different books with so many different things, and I appreciate what they've done. They've given you every all the information of information, need. but it's too much for me in particular. Yeah, there's gonna be people out there like, what are you talking about? Like this is easy. Yeah, but like, no, for me it was like way overload, and I got like, what's the word? Overwhelmed. Yeah. And um, just trying to set up the uh, co-op was just yeah. like like so difficult for me to wrap my head around what I needed to do. I was reading and reading and reading and reading and reading and, and going back and forth on like, am I supposed to do it this way? Am I supposed to do it that way? I'm getting confused as what I need to do. So but my usual go-to is to go on the internet and find someone who's done a nice video of yeah. explaining how this works. But there are not many to speak of first off to do with voidfall some of them are years old back when it was still like a kickstarter like a prototype and on um what's that the the computer when they're playing online oh yeah they do the uh what uh yeah i don't know whatever, whatever. i can't remember but stuff we don't do yeah <laughs> we play board games board game arena board game arena yeah, yeah 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 bga but there's yeah. those versions and again that was like a prototype version on bga so there, and there's some videos out there, people reviewing it, but not showing you how to play well, it. Well, that was those were already set up as well. That's what I mean. They're, they're all yeah. set up, ready to go. And then they explain how to play per se. Yeah. But the setup was, is staggering. The setup took an hour. Mm-hmm. Even with Scott that knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. it took an hour to just set up the game. So the game was great. The setup was crazy long. The rule books are overload info crazy yeah they they're they're done well but like because they have everything there yeah but i it's just too much for me well then to read through it's like looking at a phone book well and you're you know? flipping back and forth between the books while you're setting up and i oh my goodness, and i yeah. i go very step by step with stuff yeah. like i'm very that that's how i kind of take it in and when it says okay now set up you know, this tile and it's got an icon on it. And I find the icon in one of the four rule books and it says what the icon means, but I don't know, like, is that a tile? Is that a card? Is that a, this? I don't know. And, but then, and then I get stuck and I don't, and I don't move and I'm trying to figure this out. I'm going through all the other rule books. And then like later on, oh, if I would have flipped the page and kept reading the, you know, it, it shows me, tells me Further later what down. that is, yeah. but that's not how my mind works, right? No, like I, I need to know you tell me to do now. this. I want to go do it and I can't yeah. find what I need to do. So mm. that was a struggle. It was, it was that what the, the setup and the understanding. If, if I went into this totally blind without his help, I don't know if I'd have done it. Yeah. I don't well, know. And they did. And, and not only do they not really have the videos or they're, you know, two years old, but they don't have, um, they don't have one for each version. No, like there's they... that too. So in the books, it, it would be nice if there had been a solo slash co-op book because mm-hmm. they're relatively the same game and then a competitive book. But instead in the rule book, they had it all on top of each other. So you had to read like the brown stuff means this and then the blue stuff means that and then the green means this. And as you're going through it, you're getting confused as to which, yeah. what are you supposed to be ignoring right now? Am I supposed to do the brown and the blue or, you know, like, or and the, the regular blue text was solo and, and co-op. So you had to be like, Hey, this is co-op only. This is solo. Right? Only. It was just so yeah. much and so crazy. I um, feel because it's, 
it's very similar, the co-op and the competitive and, and whatever. There are just like some things you're adding on yeah. and, and doing differently in the co-op and, just... and solo. They could have made um, a playthrough, a setup and a playthrough video. They of, needed one. But how, they... how Mind Clash <laughs> did not do yeah. a like full-blown, we're going to help you get through yeah. this video. Just like, I, I don't know. But they could have done one for competitive and done like those timestamps, right? So then whenever, sure. whenever Anything. you need to, okay, this is how you're doing. And they can follow, they could have followed along with the rule book. So whenever you came to a spot in the rule book where blue was added, so for co solo or co-op, they could continue on in their video, but they could then have um, another video mm -hmm. that says co-op. And in those spots, they could add a little section that's yeah. okay. Now you do this. And so they wouldn't have had to put in that much extra work because you would just have to kind of shuffle it in. Yeah. And it would have made, for us anyways, I, I'm assuming this is going to be similar for other people. Like oh, reading comments so. when I was trying to find answers to things and how to do it. The they're like, is it me or is like this crazy? It yeah. just took me three and a half hours to set up like an hour game. And, yes. and you tell me to put the cards uh, I'm reading through it and setting it up so it's all organized and I've got, you know, these technology cards on the bottom of all of these trays, these 14 trays, and now I'm setting up co-op and you're telling me I have to take all of them out and they're all right. on the bottom. And so those kinds of things. And then it'll also tell you to like take all those cards out, take, use four of them and then put the put rest, the rest back. back. It's like, what? Yeah. No, no, no. So yeah, lots and lots and lots of gripes from us about setup and understanding how to play this specifically just from the rule book. Yeah. If you had someone that has played this, get them to show you. And that's that kind of leads into the do we recommend the game? Right. So do we? I'd say and yes and split. no. That's split. Yes. I do recommend it because it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. The the Our game with Scott in particular was super fun. The competitive. Yeah. I got it. Thank goodness for him coming to show us yeah. how to do it. Um. And I recommend it if you like the space opera stuff. However, this is not Eclipse. This is not Twilight Imperium. No, this, this is, is more Euro. so Gaia Project or like Gaia Project and Scythe sort of together-ish is the best I could describe this. Um, way more along those lines than anything to do. Because we, I mean, we played our full game. We didn't attack each other. No. So, and we didn't need it. I think, I don't know if that would have... It wasn't necessary. It was It was possible. Yeah. So that it was, I liked that it was a thing that could be done, but you weren't out to destroy each other. You were out to do your thing. Yeah. And take care of the Voidborn that are in your area and expand out and do everything you yeah. can. So it does technically is a 4X game, but it's not. Yeah. It is a Euro with a little bit of area control stuff going yeah. on and maybe fighting maybe each other. Yeah. Um, but, but you are fighting, more. just fighting the Voidborn. Yeah. So it still exists just in a But it's a way. resource management yeah. and a and a heavy one at that. Yeah. There's, there's five resources of which you're constantly having to keep track and manipulate yeah. your little board thing. And there's a thousand yeah. things to keep track of here and cubes going out on the board yep. and cubes coming back off the board. And but it's manageable. It, it's not overwhelming when you're playing like that. Yep. That is good. And again, that comes back to, I would definitely recommend this game if you had somebody who's already played it yes. and knows the game and can yep. teach it to you. Unless if you're really good with rule books and sure. you have the time and you have the effort and the brain yep. function to read through the like three and a you. half rule books yeah. and 
and figure them all out like good they have they put a ton of effort into them mm-hmm. and and oh, like i said everything there. is there but. but it was a beast to try to to try to get that so yes i recommend this game but i recommend it if you know have have somebody you know that's played it or that has it or whatever show you how to do it show you how to play it yeah. and then play a few games in a row Yep. Don't just play one and then put it away. Like you got to play a few so that it gets in your head and you remember how to play. Um, I fully agree. Yeah. I do recommend this game along those lines and I do not recommend it. If you struggle with rule books and you're going to have to learn this and play it, you're not going to have a fun time. That being said, I also, I put out a challenge to anybody out there who does playthroughs and set up videos. Yeah, sure. Like if you can understand these rule books and you figure it out, make a video for people so that more people can enjoy the game. Yep. Because, because it, I honestly, like, I honestly think, because I know myself, if I had gone through yeah. trying to learn this one on my own, I would have stopped. Yeah. And I would have put it away and it would have sat on the shelf for I don't know how long. Yeah. Until someone like Scott... <laughs> came over to play yeah. it. if i'd attempted that on my own i it, I'd just it wouldn't like, have you know what never mind yeah i don't have time to spend yeah. hours figuring out yeah. how to do this so yeah that's kind of where we're at so it's fantastic yeah if you can get someone to show you it plays really well yeah, it's the... easy to understand but the setup is a absolute beast yeah and the rule books are just they, they almost heavy, seem more of yeah heavy 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 so many icons. Yeah. And if you don't have someone explaining this to you, you're going to have a, you're going to have a difficult Heck of time. A time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's fair enough. Do with that as you will. I think we're going to call that an episode. Yes. So we're going to finally get, we have it still set up in front of us here. Um, so we're going to get this put away so that we can get onto a few more of the smaller, less crazy <laughs> uh, time consuming games yes. out there. So, uh, yeah, we're going to call that an episode. You can find us on Twitter or X, X app at Meeple Dungeon. Our YouTube is The Meeple Dungeon. And you can find us. Our email is uh, TheMeepleDungeon at gmail.com. So we're going to run and we'll see you in a few days. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.